0: There's no question a lot is at stake in this year's election at all levels of government. We here at the Topeka Capital Journal are doing our part to share the perspectives of those running for elected positions in Kansas. My name is India Yarbrough, and I'm a reporter for the Capital Journal. Over the next few weeks, leading up to the November 3rd general election, our reporters will be interviewing candidates running for local, state, and national offices. We'll be asking them questions about their platforms and priorities, and having conversations about what this year's election means to Kansans. We hope you enjoy listening to our Election 2020 podcast series. Hi, my name is Brianna Childers, and I'm a reporter for the Topeka Capital Journal. Today, we are sitting down with Representative Annie Kether, who is running as a Democrat for the Kansas House of Representatives for District 55. She is going to speak with us about why she is running for re-election and her stance on a variety of topics, including Medicaid expansion, police reform, medical marijuana, and bipartisanship. Representative Keither has served in the Kansas House of Representatives for District 55 as a Democrat since 1997 and is currently seeking re-election. Born in Missouri, Keither's career has included working as a para in special education for Topeka High School and worked for Kathleen Sebelius for four years as her administrative assistant. She has been a member of the Kansas Historical Society Board of Directors, the Kansas Film Commission Board, the Friends of Cedar Crest Board, and the Jayhawk Area Boy Scouts Executive Committee. She has also served as president of the Women's Legislative Network of the National Conference on State Legislatures. During the 2019-2020 legislative session, Keether served on five committees, Joint Administrative Rules and Regulations Committee, Joint Pensions, Investments and Benefits Committee, Corrections and Juvenile Justice Committee, Judiciary Committee, and served as ranking minority member of the Energy Utilities and Telecommunications Committee. During the most recent session, Kether sponsored several bills, including expanding medical assistance eligibility and implementing a health insurance plan reinsurance program, requiring coverage of pre-existing conditions, requiring health insurance plans to cover contraceptives, amending the Kansas Act Against Discrimination and abolishing the death penalty and creating the crime of aggravated murder. Representative Kether, thank you for joining me today. Well,
1: thank you. It's nice to be here.
0: So I want to start by talking about how you got started in politics and why you want to run for re-election this year.
1: Well, as I uh, was a stay-at-home mother with two children, uh, I decided I would need something to do to get myself out of the house for a little bit, but be back in time for my children when they got out of school. So I ended up getting offered a job by Kathleen Sebelius when uh, she was the chair of federal, state, and, and uh uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the committee, federal, state, and, well, anyway. Uh, the House was run by the Democratic Party uh, for the first those first two years, 90 through 92. So she had a chance to offer me a job, and I went to work and uh, uh, worked mostly with um, all the other agencies because I helped with constituent services, which really puts you in the heart of what representing people are, is all about. So, um, federal state and affairs, there you go. came. Um, so that was just a real tr- good training ground. And I cared deeply about, uh, the work that uh, I saw being done in the Capitol and, and, and some not so much. So that's what drove me into it. And, um, I decided to run in 1994 and I lost. And, uh, so then my family spoke to me, uh, again, uh, about picking up the mantle and trying again. So that's what I did.
0: And why are you running for re-election this year?
1: There's a lot of work that still needs to be done that benefits a whole lot of Kansas. Um, I like to work towards creating good policies versus politics. So, uh, there's a lot of good work to, to be put forward and, um, I would like to continue that, but also this is a hard time for my constituents. So, uh, putting them in touch with people that maybe can help them, uh, uh is something that I have a great deal of pleasure doing for my constituents.
0: Right. Okay. So, um, how would you work with members of your opposing party to come to agreements that work in the best interests of Interest of Canton, and how have you kind of done that throughout the years as well?
1: Well, that I'm known for that. Up at the Capitol, bipartisan work is is my spiel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the only way we're going to get something done, obviously, because we're the minor. I'm, I'm a member of the minority party, the Republicans, have run both chambers for all the years I've been up there. So um, you have to work across the aisle if you want to get something you care about passed. And one of the things that uh, sometimes you work on things you want to stop. Uh, and other times you work on things you want to, to help get done. Uh, one of my pet issues is water up at uh, Kansas. is It's a very, very important issue for, for all of Kansas, whether it's us being in the sub- sub- suburbs or urban drinking clean water or uh, having enough for agriculture and other needs. So uh, that's an example. Uh, I started working uh, several years ago, uh, Uh, Governor Brownback had a blue ribbon task force on water, which a lot of the people uh, liked, but he never funded it. So I took it upon myself to figure out how we get it started, uh, because we were obviously in a black hole of of money at that point. But I started reaching out to people across the aisle uh, and others, uh, Republicans that served on appropriations and others, and uh, we got it started. Uh, So uh, I've been patting on on that issue for the last three years.
0: Okay. That's great. What potential areas of compromise do you see um, during the next legislative session?
1: That's that's a tough question to answer because uh, it was nice to see that the revenues were up in the final quarter, uh, but that's nothing. We're almost $2 billion in the hole. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have very hard... Decisions to make, and it's hard to comment on that because we don't know how they're going to develop, what they're going to be if, if we're going to have to do raise taxes, heaven forbid, um, or you know how we're going to be able to to manage funding uh, good necessary programs. So um, that's about all I can say right now. Because until you have it in front of you, you don't know what you're going to be working on.
0: Right. What areas in the past have you noticed that representatives and senators have been lacking to reach agreement on?
1: Well, I don't know that it's the senators per se and legislators in the House. It's been the leadership in both chambers, which have stopped us from getting another vote on Medicaid expansion. It was just absolutely killed in the Senate, no mention at all. Uh, and that was all to to leadership. So you need to try to find a work a way around it. But uh, frankly, you know, my opponent says she's going to work with anybody, everybody. And I've been up there and I see what happens to people who say that. They vote with us or they try to do something differently and leadership over there, the Republican leadership tells them they can't do that or they get punished if they don't comply. They can take away leadership, uh, chairmanships. Uh, I've seen it happen. It's, it, it, it's, uh, it's hard.
0: So do you think New leadership would help that issue?
1: Hopefully. But, you know, again, uh, since I'm the minority party, we sort of end up with who we get. So it's going to be interesting to see. um, uh, We'll we'll see. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. I want to move on to talking about medical marijuana. I know it's something that you guys briefly discussed. Um, I don't think it was ever taken to the floor or anything, Mm -hmm, but... What is your stance on legalizing medical marijuana? Well,
1: we've had, we've dealt with that in the Judiciary Committee uh, with uh, children that have such severe disabilities, they, you know, are always in in trauma. So we've dealt with that. Um, I think a, a regulated doctor-only medical marijuana, doctor-issued medical marijuana is is a pathway we can go down, should go down. Um, I'm not for a free-for-all, but I think it can help a lot of people.
0: So do you see that an adoption of a medical marijuana bill would be beneficial for all Kansans long-term? Yes. Yes, Yes, absolutely. Okay. So- Obviously, there have been a lot of budget shortfalls induced by the COVID-19 pandemic this past year. Um, What sources or how would you address some of the budget shortfalls induced by the pandemic? Well, again, that's tough
1: because, you know, we're all seeing dollar signs and we see that's the only way. Uh, I think what has happened uh, in terms of small businesses, uh, many of them have reinvented themselves to keep going. Um, the governor has brought in, uh, many, many jobs, uh, department of commerce, uh, secretary Tolan and the governor have worked very hard to bring new jobs to Kansas, uh, during this COVID period. Uh, so I think we're working our way through that COVID-19 and medical mar- medical marijuana could be helpful. Um, um, I fought for six years to, uh, get a, uh, broadband, uh, uh, program to the state of Kansas it is desperately needed Everywhere, even in Shawnee County, and especially with schools, uh, with long distance learning, uh, telemed, and it it speaks to Main Street economic development. So uh, we have a program now set up in the Department of Commerce. It's um, and we got uh, si- we use sixty million dollars of CARES Act money to do broadband, offering broadband uh, connectivity to uh, companies out there. So there are a lot of little pieces that are in the works mm-hmm. that will eventually bring. Uh, uh, some, some more jobs, more more cash benefit to the to the state general fund. Um, and that's an ongoing process, whether COVID-19 is out there or not, which is horrible. But as I say, I think um, it's hard. It's been a very hard time, and I, I certainly empathize to the, the businesses that are struggling. But again, if we had all been on the same page, uh, we might have been out of this by now. So uh, I just read that uh, counties that – denied uh, the mandate for wearing masks are where the the COVID is just spreading like wildfire right now in Kansas. So n- numbers are dropping in Johnson County and Wyandotte. Um, so uh, we could be in a better spot if we'd all been oxen pulling the cart in the same direction.
0: Gotcha. What sources might you tap into to spur new revenue or revenue growth?
1: Certainly Medicaid expansion would help with that. I mean, that uh, – and broadband. I mean, it just brings it uh, – they're so connected. But, I mean, if, if people have good health care, then they can work uh, or they can provide health uh, uh, – child care for their, their children when, you know, not – both parents or the one parent can be at home to do distance learning. I mean, there have to be options. And Medicaid expansion certainly would do that with jobs and uh, helping every Kansan. There are over 4,000 Kansans in Shawnee County that Medicaid expansion would help Mm -hmm. alone.
0: So that's kind of a little segue into what I want to talk about next, which is Medicaid expansion. So, Missouri recently passed Medicaid legislation via a ballot measure, and it's been a point of contention among K- Kansas legislatures in recent years. With no citizen ballot measure available in the state, it's up to legislatures to agree on a bill. Um, so, just what is your stance on expanding Medicaid in Kansas? Well, I've
1: voted for it. I have. I have it on my voting record. I do. Uh, as I say, it. it not only allowing um, people to have who, who fall in the hole who can't have access to, to health care at this point, allows them to get covered. Medicaid expansion, I mean, if you want to put it into perspective, and this is really real for me, is thinking about all the women that have breast cancer or who get breast cancer. I have a very good former office mate that is a survivor. Black women, Latino, I mean, all women I mean they suffer horribly with breast cancer and a lot of them don't get the quality treatment that they need because they can't get the health care so brought that's just a little example uh, of a broad venue of women variety of women that would alone would benefit from Medicaid expansion
0: right why do you think it has been such a contentious issue in the past? well, you know,
1: the opposition to it says we can't afford it. Uh, we just can't go there. And we have lost billions of dollars, our taxpayer dollars, that we pay into the federal government and we don't use. So our taxpayer dollars go to Medicaid expansion use and th- other states, wherever it gets sent. It's not just surrounding states. But that's our taxpayer dollar. And those dollars mm-hmm. should be coming back to help the citizens of Kansas.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a good chance that um, that a bill will be passed next session regarding Medicaid expansion?
1: It depends okay. on leadership.
0: Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about police reform and criminal justice reform, since that has been a hot topic throughout the summer, especially after the death of Minnesota, Minnesota man George Floyd. Um, what kind of police reform and criminal justice measures, if any, would you like to see introduced and possibly passed in the next session?
1: Well, I serve on the Juvenile Corrections and Juvenile Justice Reform. There is a uh, committee that is looking at reform for prisons, uh, which I think we need to address, definitely. Um, uh, And we passed a huge juvenile justice reform bill several years ago, which finally, one part of that bill finally just was enacted last year. It was a, a huge bill. And, you know, we probably need to make sure that what we did is really working. Uh, I think it's sensible to go back, but there's a, a committee that, an oversight committee that does that. Uh, and then they come and make recommendations to us, to you know, district attorneys, prosecutors, healthcare people, people that are all involved in this uh, uh, arena. It's really unfortunate what is going on. Um, but we can't do anything if we don't talk. And the funding of the police department falls on local control. It's not a part of the legislative uh, responsibility. Obviously, we, we do with uh, highway patrol and stuff, but that's primarily local control issue. Having said that, um, our police department has been way ahead of of others because they've worked with Vallejo. And and knowing and understanding that mental health, dealing with with people in a mental health situation is entirely different than criminal activity per se. So uh, Bill Conkerton pulled that together when he became police chief and, you know, he came to the, the delegation and we all talked about it. Is it perfect? Nothing is. So I think, you know, instead of concentrating on focusing on reforms, let's get educated. Let's get to a table. Let's talk, but mostly let's listen and hear and learn the best way we can f- go forward. And and it doesn't always take legislation. Just listen and talk. Keep communicating. You know, if you don't communicate, problems arise.
0: Right. Okay. Well, is there anything else you would like to add or anything else that you would like your voters to know about you?
1: Well, I think they probably know me pretty well. Um, It's an honor and a pleasure to do this job. I keep learning something new every day, and I hope that benefits them. I am proud of the work that I do up there. I try to do, as I say, policy versus politics. I, do, I You've got to do bipartisan effort uh, if you want something to work out or if you think something is wrong and, and maybe we should look at doing something differently. Uh, again, communication is everything. So um, uh, I would like to return and continue my work. Redistricting is coming up this next session, which mm-hmm. will eat into a big part of the session. I. Thought of that after you asked that other question uh it, it'll be that i worked on the committee 10 years ago uh and worked with uh two republicans that when they walked in the room said we're not here to gerrymander we're not here to hurt anybody let's work together which we did but we only had a little portion of the map Right. So so again, you know creating friendships up there, I've been up there and I've created friendships and you know if I go to somebody across the aisle and say, "Can we talk about this?" I mean th- th- absolutely let's do this. Let's, let's work it through and you don't just get that without trying hard to to make those friendships work. So right. uh, that's a big part of, of, of being I think, a good representative.
0: right. Okay, well, I really appreciate you sitting down with me today.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me.
0: to this episode. If you're looking for more, you can support local journalism by subscribing to cgonline.com, reading our articles, and following the latest news on our social media platforms. You can also find more podcasts like this one in the Apple Podcasts app, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.